win to make the NCAA tournament. Sexton got it! He got it! He got it! Roll tied! They did it! Sims gonna go deep on Cooper. Cooper's got it! What is up and welcome into the Not So Experts. I am Taylor Mooney, joined by good friend and co-host Avery Nelson, and this time we're actually in person for the first time in a while. It's the yeah, it's really probably the first time we've recorded together since we were in college, I think. In the same room on a couch, side by side, yelling into one microphone. So <laughs> it's a weird feeling. Yeah, I mean, weird but good. I mean, the audio is going to be better. It's going to be a better show. We're drinking some bourbon. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it's probably a little late to record slash drink bourbon. We have a breakfast in the morning, but we'll, it will be fine. Breakfast and work. And work. I forgot about work. But I'm skipping my gym class. Okay, so you've, you've made that decision. Executive decision, and it is skipped. That's a good sound that I can definitely edit out. Nah, leave it in. But um, we have a fun show. One of the segments, do you want to just go ahead and jump into it? You know, Taylor, before we jump into it, I want to do something I've been meaning to do at the start of these episodes for a minute. And I want to remind everybody, before you tune out at the end of the episode, if you like the podcast, make sure to give us a review on iTunes. Because we've been calling for this for weeks. We have not gotten a single review since I don't even know when. But we're getting a ton of people listening to us. We're getting more people listening to us than we have reviews. Yeah. So I want reviews. Yeah, that's a problem. But we're not any longer offering a financial... There's no uh, financial incentive. No, but there was, but you all screwed up, so... But don't worry about that. Just give us a review. If you want to leave us a comment, we'll give you a shout-out. We appreciate our loyal view listeners. The shoutouts are priceless. How about that? Truly. It's kind of like Cameo, but you don't have to pay for anything. Exactly. You just get it for free from a couple of your pals. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think there's much better than that. So, yeah, if you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe and give us a review. So that's that uh, plug out of the way. But, yeah, we can go ahead and segue into our first uh a portion of the podcast for segment of the podcast. This is, this is going to be fun because the coaching carousel has been absolutely bonkers. Like there's 12 jobs open as of this recording. Yeah. There's going to be more open. Yeah. But one thing that I think like everybody's talking about the top jobs in, in college football. Like everybody likes to say like, Oh, like what's your dream job? Like what's the best job in college football? Blah, blah, blah. How does this rank against this blue blood? But I wanted to talk about the shittiest jobs in college football. Like, I don't care who the coach is, uh, how hard is it to win there, what are the worst jobs in college football, and we picked three apiece, and I mean, honestly, all six of them are absolutely horrendous, and it's going to be awesome, and um, my first one, I'll just go ahead and jump right in here. And I want everybody to leave your recency bias in the past because... Feels targeted. Yeah. Well, yeah. Avery is going to be upset with this one because it's Indiana. And it's they've been playing football for 123 years. And they have the most losses of any team in college football. And, I mean, they've only started three seasons with any kind of hope. They've only been ranked in the preseason three times in 123 years of playing football. Like, and it's not like even if you want to erase the history, right? Like, let's erase the history. Let's just look at Indiana right now. Do they have a, a fertile recruiting ground? No. Like, if the, the best players in Indiana, if they even can, are going to go play at Ohio State. Like, yep. let's be honest here. Fair or Michigan, or a team in the Big Ten with some semblance of hope, right? Like, Tom Allen, great dude. They're awful this year. They had a blip on the radar in 2019. They went 8-5, and five, and they obviously went 6-2 and two in a super weird-ass year, 
in 2020. And part of the reason it was weird is because they were actually decent. Because, I mean, you look at their you look at their schedule outside of the eight win season in 2019. They don't have more than seven in any other season, and they only have seven wins once, right? And that includes multiple four and eights, a one and eleven, a three and eight, a two and ten. Like, there's a stretch here from 2002 to 2004 where these dudes won a combined eight games in three seasons. Like, I, that's horrendous. Like I don't ca- I don't even care how nice the facilities are. You don't have buy-in from the administration, which is you know focused on you know fix- fixing the basketball team at this point, yeah. which also needs fixing. And um, I mean, there's there's almost there's almost no hope at Indiana. Like last year in 2019 gave them hope, but I mean, like Indiana football go- goes, you know, it-, it was crushed in 2021. Yeah, yeah, it did. It also, I was very much on the train, as everybody knows. This man, Avery, said to me with a straight face at the beginning of the year that Indiana would, uh, you know, win 10 games. And this is actually one of the seasons that they had hope preseason. Like, in 2021, as a first year, they had been ranked in the AP preseason top 25 since wait for it wait for it wait for it 1969 that's a little while ago i mean what is it 650 years that's 50 years ago they have not been ranked in the top 25 preseason in 50 years yeah it's uh indiana historically speaking you know you got your insight bowls you know, your pinstripe bowls. Your, your Foster's, Foster's Farm, farm bowls. bowls. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, sue me for having hope. You know, that's the beauty of I, sports is believing in something greater. This okay. new job you have, I might actually sue you, pal. That would, that would be unfortunate. <laughs> so let me get my funds up, brother. <laughs> so that's a that's a good one. I can't fault you for that. Indiana has historically been a terrible program and a worse program than my first team, to be fair. Um, but I think my first team has been steadied by a coach who kind of is the perfect fit at this school. Uh, my first school is Northwestern. Um, and just due to historic reasons, I mean, we're looking at the past 20 years. And truly in the past 20 years, Pat Fitzgerald's been there for 15 and he's, I mean, had some really good seasons. He has, he's had three 10-win seasons. Um, and he's really done a great job there. But if you look at the school, it's kind of like the Vanderbilt of the Big Ten, right? There's almost no path to, like, victory for Northwestern. Like, even in their best seasons, like, they, I guess they they finished 10th not too long ago. but That was last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They finished 10th last year, but last year was odd. Mm-hmm. Like, it was super weird. And then you don't have any top 15. Well, you have uh, you have no top 15 finishes since, I don't know, 1996, you know? So, I mean, just historically speaking, Northwestern, again, just like a school where it's like, it's just very difficult to recruit. You're in the Chicago area where a lot of kids go to, like you said, in the Big Ten – Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. yeah, like basically a, everywhere except Northwestern. Exactly, and then you don't, you know, you have an administration that doesn't care as much about athletics as a whole. They well, you say that they created that badass facility on that Lake is Michigan, true. but like I, I don't care how nice your facility is because like everybody has nice facilities. Northwestern actually has one of the nicest facilities in college football. It's really cool, but it's like. It's like going to a really nice, like, you know, mechanic shop, and you have a 1996 Honda Civic. You know what I mean? Like, you're you're going to a Mercedes dealership to fix your 1996 Honda Civic. Like, Northwestern has a cap because they can't even get, like, great – they can't get good players there. Right. If you have a recruiting pipeline that is nearly shut off from the jump, you are going to have a cap as to how great a program you can be. And again, that's why I mentioned like Pat Fitzgerald. I think he's 
what he's done at Northwestern. It's absurd. That's, that's the maximum capacity Northwestern has. And it's very impressive, and I think it's a it's a credit to Pat Fitzgerald that he can have a 3-9 and nine season, one season, and finish 7-2 and two in a COVID year, mind you, but... Well, the, uh, and the thing is, like, with some of those schools, like with Northwestern, with uh, my school coming up here, you can schedule soft in the non-conference and run into, you know, a couple of, like, six-win, seven-win, hell, maybe eight-win seasons if you get some momentum going. Yeah. But in terms of, like, consistently competing, I, I just don't – I mean, like you said, I mean, they're, they're tapped out, basically – at what they're doing right now. Yeah. And 100%. Like if I was smart enough like maybe I would have considered going there, you know, but I mean, the football team it's just kind of hopeless honestly. Like in terms of like winning anything substantive, like there like there's no way they're going to ever be better in a given season than Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan State, like yeah. hell even Iowa, like there's a lot of good programs in the Big Ten, and I mean they're just way, 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 you know, better than Northwestern. So I think that has to factor in. Yeah, it's just a, it's just one of those places that's so difficult to win from the jump, just because of your roster uh, situation, and you you have to be a coach who can kind of bring in guys who are who are maybe not like five stars, but can when put together, your team is greater than the sum of its parts, and you get the best out of each player. Uh, and if you're not that kind of guy, and you're the kind of guy who has to recruit great players to, you know, and that's not a great coach. Every damn like, coach has to have great players, but to I, yeah, I get what you're saying. But there are certain coaches who get more out of their players than you would have expected them to get with their talent level. So I Tom think Allen. <laughs> Tom Allen. So, yeah, Northwestern, uh, great, great facility. Oh, it's it's sick. It's absolutely sick. Like if terrible seen, program historically. Yeah, I mean they're one of the worst programs. I mean, st- I mean there there's literally no denying that they're one of the worst programs. Power in, five for sure. Yeah. Yeah, power five, and 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 I'd like to also add we're only doing power five programs yeah. and independents. So mm-hmm. we're talking like for my cop out. Can you win your conference <laughs> at any at any level at all or any level consistently? You know what's what's your recruiting like? What's your history like? Like we're, we're factoring in a lot of stuff here, and like my second team here, Vandy, they just announced a you know plan to have some pretty nice facilities, right? Like if you go and look, you're like, oh, that shit's pretty nice, Vandy. Like good for you. But they've won two games in the last two seasons and five in the last three, like. They had a couple of nine-win seasons with James Franklin, but, like, let's be honest here. Like, there are 13 other schools. If you're going to the SEC, there are 13 other schools that you're going to go to before you go to Vandy, and there's more than that in terms of, like, if you're good enough to go to an SEC school, like, you're going to a Big Ten school before you go to Vandy. I mean, there's just – I mean, it's just, like, there's no reason to go play football at Vandy other than – like you're really smart and you want a good education and you want to play some football on the side. Vandy fascinates me as a program because they're one of those schools that isn't apathetic towards athletics. They have an excellent baseball team and a consistently pretty good historically basketball team. Yeah. The past couple of years have been hard for Vandy and basketball, but like they have had like, I would even say great basketball teams. Like yeah. great basketball team and football is just the one thing they could they can never get going and then, so Vandy as a program as a whole really fascinates me. It's kind of wild. And um, one thing also about Vandy, like they're in Nashville, which like seems great, you know, but everybody's opposing fans treat that as a trip to go to Nashville yeah. and also go like see some football on the side. Yeah. So you'll have like eighty percent, like especially when you're playing like. Georgia, Alabama, like Tennessee, if you're playing them, you know, in Vandy, like it's 80% to other teams' fans. Like you have no home field advantage at all, right? You, you don't have, you're never the most talented team when you step on the field. Like they lost to East Tennessee State this year. Like, it's really oh bad. my God, dude. East Tennessee, directional Tennessee State, <laughs> they lost to. And, I mean, last year, like, 
I felt so bad for them when they had an all SEC schedule. I was like, they have literally no hope. No. Like they like if you go and look at some of their numbers, like they've literally never been ranked in the AP top twenty five preseason ever, <laughs> ever, and they've just, only finished a season three times. I noticed down 25. here if you scroll down a little bit, I was looking at their their AP highs, and they finished they they were at thirteenth uh, at one point, I believe in oh eight, yeah. Which I do not recall. They they were number they were number thirteen and 08, but they finished seven and six. Hey, they won a Music City Bowl. I like how is that possible? They didn't start out in the top twenty five, right? Yeah. They soared to thirteenth. I think they started out like five and a half. Had to have. Had to have. Just a really fascinating year. And again, finished with a Music City Bowl win. It's a real dub. I'm gonna see if I Who's their quarterback? Up. McKenzie Adams? These are Dude, I, I gotta look this these up. These are past lives. Hang on. Sorry, this is fantastic this podcast. Is, yeah. But we gotta figure out so Vandy started out uh their their best uh, one of their best seasons. Five and oh, yeah. Five and oh, yeah. They beat Auburn. And they yeah, they beat Auburn and they beat South Carolina. They beat two ranked teams, and then they proceeded to lose four, four in a row. Yeah. And then they went two and two in the last two, um, and they lost a, a bad Wake Forest team too. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's that is an absolutely bizarre. Year. They opened their season with two Thursday night games. Like also, <laughs> I mean, that's absurd. And also, like, let's think about this. Like, if you're like, I don't even care who the coach is. Like, I don't think any coach outside of I guess James Franklin. James Franklin, yeah. Could have success at Vanderbilt. Like he's literally the only coach since we've been alive that's had any pulse at Vanderbilt. I don't know. I, again, I think you got to go back. They've only been to nine bowl games. Taylor, and they've been got to give some credit to Bobby Johnson with that seven and six season. That's all I'm saying, man. Thirteen. <laughs> I mean, okay, so 13. Bobby Johnson and Who James Franklin. Even, they need to. They need to build statues uh, outside the stadium for these folks because... Honestly, James Franklin, three seasons is worth a statue in my opinion because he worked miracles there. Two nine and four seasons is bananas. That's the only time they've ever gone back to back to back in a bowl game at all. Yeah, and a winning in a winning record in the SEC under James Franklin. Absolutely. The only time in the past 20 years they've had a winning record in the Damn. SEC... So, yeah, James Franklin, legitimate miracles. If you – like, one more stat with Vandy if you want to laugh. So, from 2000 all the way to 2005, they only won uh, six games in the SEC. They yeah. won six SEC games in five years. Bobby Johnson turned it around, man. I mean, my <laughs> God. I, I just – they, I mean, and, and especially with this new SEC, it's like, what yeah. in the hell are y'all going to do? Y'all yeah. have no hope. Like, Texas and Oklahoma, plus whatever they do with the scheduling model, it's going to be a total damn disaster for Vanderbilt. Like, an even bigger disaster than they already face. At least they'll always have baseball, I suppose. I guess, man. They have Dansby Swanson, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, Lord Dansby. Shout Lord out to Dansby. the Braves. Dans Bay. Um... So my next program is, again, another school that kind of goes towards it, – it skews not only af, uh, or academics, but also skews other sports, um, and that would be Duke. And Duke is a football apathetic program, uh, an, an administration that doesn't particularly care about the football program. They've had a relatively stable 15 years under David Cutcliffe. Again, a coach who, like, you could never fire – He'll pull out a 10-win season every now and then. But historically speaking, as far as the Power Five goes, and especially over the past 20 years, and again, David Cutcliffe has worked miracles, they have been awful. And, and if you're – well, like, even if you're projecting forward, like, what are even the positives about Duke's football program? Like, their stadium sucks. Mm-hmm. They're not – I mean, hell, if you want to include Wake Forest, like I think Wake Forest is a better program in their state. NC State is a better program in their state. Yep. North Carolina. Like, they're the fourth worst. Hell, Appalachian State is a better football program than Duke. Like, let's be honest. Like, if you care about football, like, obviously – like, no disrespect to App State, but if you can pick between Duke and App State – 
from an education perspective, like give me give me Duke, obviously, right? Yeah. But if you're trying to play football, like App State is better than Duke, and I don't even think that's remotely close either. No, I think that's true. They're the I fifth. Mean, they're the fifth best program in the state. Yeah, and I mean Duke's only finished uh, top twenty-five once in the past twenty years. They. Uh, again, they've—I mean—they've been even under David Cutcliffe. The past three seasons have been losing seasons, um, and like I said, they have that one ten-win season. They also have three zero-win seasons and two one-win seasons in the past twenty years. That's what is that? That's twenty uh, percent. That's insane. Quick maths: twenty percent of their seasons in the, over the past twenty-one years. I'm sorry, just so just under twenty percent. Have been uh, zero to one loss seasons, which is which is pretty bad. That's, that's not a like, good. That's not a good track record. That's super embarrassing, and that just like has to suck, you know. Like if you're like a fan of one of these programs, like first of all, pick another pick another damn team. Like you, you gotta have like a backup, right? What, like you, know you what gotta I mean? have. You're the type of person. Like if you're a fan of Vandy or IU. Or which I actually know a couple IU fans, like yeah. you, you, you can't be an Indiana football fan. Like I'll give you a pass to pick another team in football, right? Like because you just it's like you have no hope. Like, Here's the problem with the Duke fan picking another football team is then they're the Alabama football fan, Duke basketball fan. Yeah, that's then fair. That guy or girl. That's you know fair. What I mean? And who I mean, wants to be that person? Yeah, I guess you just have to like either be an asshole or hate the sport. You know what I'm saying? Like you have two options. So if you want to enjoy football, you have to really be an asshole. One of, uh, one of my dad's good friends is actually a Duke basketball fan, and he's, I don't think he really follows college football, but he's a Duke basketball fan and a Red Sox fan. Oh, what? Which I feel like is kind of in that same vein. Ooh. And I love Tommy, but it's very much that same vein. Let me guess, is he a Warriors fan too? Like, get out of here. <laughs> he's not a Warriors fan, definitely not. He's got a he's got a second SEC basketball team. It's Kentucky. <laughs> All right, that's enough Tommy slander on this podcast. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, no, so Duke, definitely David Cutcliffe. He's got to retire. He's just got to call it. He needs to take a paycheck and leave. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's too much stress. I, th- I think he probably will after this year. Yeah. And he's going to be a Manning family legend, and, and that's what people remember him for. Like, I. Good for you, Dave. Grant. Grant said he's a great guy. I, I bet he is. He seems lovely. Grant knows David Cutcliffe. I got no beefs on David Cutcliffe. I, th- I love him. I mean, I think he's a great guy, great coach, and he's just chilling at Duke. Like, we were why not, dude? I was talking to Grant one time, and he literally told me a story about him hanging out with David Cutcliffe. I was like, "What? Oh, is that it? You're not going to share the story? Like, I can't. I can't cool? remember. I can't remember the story. I just, okay. I just remember being like, "What the hell? How do you know David Cutcliffe?" And it's like, I, I guess he's from like BFE Alabama or something. I'm not really sure. I, don't, I think he's a Bama guy. Yeah, he is a Bama guy. He he is. And I think he was like maybe an assistant coach at Alabama at some point. I believe he was. Um, I'll have to know. My my yeah, last last one. My last uh, team, and I think unequivocally, this is the worst program in Power Five, and include the independents. I don't care. Dis- disagree. Uh, easily the worst football program in America, the Kansas Jayhawks, who. How dare I slander them coming off their biggest win since 2008? Yeah. That was a the, the, the win against Texas, folks. Listen to this. This is their first win over a, a first road win over a conference opponent since 2008. That's 13 years. Like, oh my God. Like, they have not won a road conference game in 13 years. And it's not even like they're in the SEC. Like, they're out here playing at Iowa State, who was also, like, an honorable mention for me as one of the worst programs in the country. Got him up there. Baylor has only been good the past few years, right? Yeah, ish. Like, Texas Tech, very beatable. Like, we're, we're not even asking you to beat, like, Georgia, Alabama, like, Florida. We're not asking that. Tennessee, even, like... We're not asking you to go into raucous environments. We're asking you to beat regular-ass subpar teams. And Kansas, like, they can't do it. And and what does that say about Texas? It's pretty amazing. It's um, pretty rough, yeah. But 
like Kansas has been ranked six times in the AP, but like over the last like if you go like the last twenty ish years, like if you look at the stretch between like twenty like let's go twenty fifteen on like since twenty fifteen. 0 and 12, 2 and 10, 1 and 11, 3 and 9, 3 and 9, 0 and 9, and 2 and 8. Like, they're gonna win. I mean, they're gonna lose out this year. Like, I think it's amazing that they've won two games in the last um, two years combined, and one of them is Texas on the road. Like, that's absolutely amazing. But like, the only hope for Kansas, in my opinion, is to run into an okay coach. Like, Les Miles was probably best case scenario until he got canceled for obvious reasons. Like, he was their best hope. I mean, I, th- I think maybe they got to go rehire Mark Mangino. I mean, he's the only dude that's ever I mean, had success had, there. Yeah, had ser- well, I mean, you say serious success. It took him a minute to turn that program around. I say turn the program around to actually find any success. Like, a winning season took four years. You know what I but mean? But he won... Dude... He, he won, won an Orange Bowl. He won an Orange Bowl in 12 games at Kansas. Like, he is a god. Kansas has, actually, one of the best junior college systems, like, yeah. in the country. So, if they could actually recruit that JUCO system, they might not be absolutely flat-out embarrassingly awful, but they can't, and they are. I mean, it, it's like... I can't get over how bad they are. Like, it's almost incredible how bad they are. Like, even in their win against Texas, they were up four touchdowns in the fourth quarter and blew up four four touchdown lead in the fourth quarter. Nearly, nearly blew the whole damn thing. Like, I was watching the game and 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 I and I was like, Kansas is gonna blow this shit somehow, and I gotta watch it. And, and they then, did. And they did blow it, and I turned the game off at halftime because or at overtime because I was like, we know what happens here. Nope. And Kansas pulled it out, but like. Again, you talk about, like, projecting forward and looking back. I mean, there's just no positives. There's no positives. I don't care who the coach is. I don't. I really don't. I just – path to victory, very, very slim. But maybe, like, maybe Lance Leopold can get them going in the right direction after that win over Texas. I can't even even say that with straight face. He's a good hire. He was a good good coach at Buffalo, which is one of the worst programs if you go – out of the power five. Yeah. Yeah. So he has, well, he's got success or, or I guess semi success with awful programs. Yeah. So maybe going into the big 12 without Texas and Oklahoma, like maybe it gets a little better, but I mean, let's be honest, like probably not. No, I don't think so. Um, also drum roll. Well, we're probably going to get some flack for not re- realizing that David Cutcliffe went to Alabama. He's from Birmingham. Oh, shit. That's so bad. That's so bad. Well, that's how Grant has met him. There you go. Whatever. Fun facts that most of our listeners probably knew. Gump legend David Cutcliffe. Sorry um, about that. Can you plug this in? Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and do my last uh, team while Taylor plugs in my laptop for uh, power purposes. Uh, and I think it's kind of a cop out. So I think it, it is a bit of a cop out. But I'm gonna my last program and probably in my opinion the worst one in D, in in college football, um, F Power Five and Independent, which gave me this cop out ability, is UConn. It's the UConn Huskies. They have only they have 23 years of D1 football experience, starting in 1979. Then they shut the program down, or maybe they went D two or D three. I had no idea. And then the starting. Wait, no, I, th- I think they canceled the program. Did they cancel the program after seventy nine? Yeah, and then they brought it back. Three and six. Walt Walt Nadzak wasn't doing well enough. Nadzak, dude, that's an am- oh my god. Mister Nadzak shut the whole program down. <laughs> and then they brought it back in two thousand with Randy Etzel, king of UConn football. And over their history, their 20-some-odd years of history, they are 104 wins, 157 losses. Um, like They've won three bowl games, including going to a Fiesta Bowl, where they lost by 29 to Oklahoma. 
the best well the the thing is like the best memory for UConn and their program is just getting absolutely annihilated in a Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. Like they, that's the that's the best thing they've ever done is get annihilated in a bowl game. They've never been preseason or postseason AP uh, poll listed. I think you might win here. I mean, they've, they've literally never been ranked. Like holy they've been shit. ranked six weeks okay. of their entire history. That's amazing. And the highest they were ever ranked was 16th in that, in that Orange Bowl season. Or I'm sorry. Oh my God, no, that was Fiesta Bowl one, two. It was the Monique Car Care Bowl season nine and four, um, where they lost that game as well. So. You know, it's it's just a program that one there's there's not the the, the school doesn't care like it's a basketball school, um, historically speaking, and I think that's where the administration puts their focus. Two, they I mean it's pretty clear they put their focus there. They brought back Randy Edsel, for, and then just started giving him a, giving him bonuses after like three one seasons. They're like, fuck it, dude. You want to stay here? You can stay. I mean. <laughs> Dude, and when they when they hired him back, he won six games over the course of what is that four and a half seasons? Not bad. Four, four and like two games, four seasons, two games. So like, you know, oh, I'm sorry that he's I, gone now. I he's forgot. Gone now. Yeah, I forgot they didn't play in 2020, and they were the um. Honestly, they did their fans a service. They did everybody a service. They, I mean, their fans literally spent all of last year, all of the pandemic, relaxed, relaxed, and watching like the Fiesta Bowl season highlights. Like, you can't tell me if you're a UConn diehard. I want to meet a UConn diehard football fan. So do I. But uh, I mean, if you're a diehard UConn football fan, you can just watch the Fiesta Bowl season highlights all year. And I wanted to wager something for you. Uh-huh. Like, we have the national championship every year between the best two teams in the country. Like, why don't we make the two shittiest teams, like, play each other? They, I'm pretty sure they did this season, Terrors. UConn and UMass played. Uh, Wait, who won? Oh, God. I think it was, I think it was uh, UMass. I think UMass won. Um, and that was the toilet bowl of the season. Because um, I think you UConn's still winless this season. Uh, That's so amazing, dude. Football rivalry. It is a rivalry. Oh, boy. Battle of the Northeasters. <laughs> the Northeasters. Uh, yep, UMass won 27-13. They beat their ass, they bro. They housed them. They housed them. That's crazy. Yeah, so UConn is absolutely the worst team in college football. Yeah. And I don't even think... I mean, Kansas, I don't know. I mean, they have an Orange Bowl win. Like, I mean, bro, they're in. UConn has been ranked six weeks ever. That, I mean, that is. Six weeks out of 23 years. I mean, that is, that's miserable. I mean, look, dude, you're in East Hartford, Connecticut. Your field, your stadium holds 42,000 people. God, Uh, it's cold as hell. You have no good players. You, you have a below five hundred record all time. The 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 program like obvious like they don't they literally said like we don't want to play football this year last year like everybody was like we want to play and you come was like well we don't like we're good we're gonna not their you know? logo is literally the meme for sad sports results. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's UConn, baby. It's, that's amazing. It's UConn. Um, so yeah, that is my final program, and I think that will wrap up the worst programs um, in college football. If you have opinions and you want to share them, go ahead and tweet at us at Not So Experts. Let us know. Let us know if we got anything right or wrong. Um, we'll probably tell you you're wrong, but we'd like to hear your opinion because you are wrong. But I think I think probably I'll get some blowback on Indiana, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you're back not off gonna that. get any blowback other than not even from me at this point I just gotta hold my hands up. I I think I don't know somebody will say something about Indiana I think, but I mean they're horrendous so I don't care what you say. Yeah. So anyways, that's uh and there are probably a, a five or six more programs at Power Five, and if we would have gone outside the Power Five and independent, we outside have, the Power Five there are worse. It gets real messy. It gets you got Kent State, which we did take note. Yeesh. Kent State is the losingest football program in the country, and the greatest football coach of all time played there, and it, as uh, I find that fascinating. The goat went to the woke. Truly, <laughs> truly. <laughs> so that's yeah, that's that's all I got for that. Um, all right. Do you want to? Did you want to go ahead and move on to uh, the picks? 
Let's do it. All right, so we will be moving on now to the battle for the bottle. Bottle, bottle. Um, because I still don't, I don't, I need, I should have put that on my laptop when I was at home. Damn it. I didn't think. This week, so last week, like, we, I was talking shit. I was like, I'm coming for you, you know, like, you know, don't call it a comeback. And I told you not to, but now it's tied. And now Now I'm about to start talking some crazy, crazy shit. Like, if I get a streak against Avery of back-to-back years... The third year, this man's going to crumble. Next year, this man is going to absolutely crumble. But there's actually... I, I had a tough time this week looking at some of these games. Like yeah, we were, there's we were some talking about ones. It. We, we were talking about it, and like some of these teams like have just been so Jekyll and Hyde, and some of them have just been Hyde. <laughs> but like also, the other team they're playing like kind of has also... like been shaky so it's like I don't know we, we tried to pick the best games this week and I think we did a good job um, but there's a lot of intrigue with it I think you would think with me make basically picking the games on my own a lot of the time I'd have an advantage and I don't he doesn't folks I mean I'm just way smarter than him yeah I mean, that's what it comes down to let's see, that, that would seem to be the case wow <laughs> totally where do you want to start here I guess we can go Let's go game with the biggest spread. Well, no, that's Alabama. Let's go to the game with the second biggest spread. Okay, that works. <laughs> that actually is the way I wanted to go. We're looking at uh, Michigan State, number seven, Michigan State, who is inexplicably ranked behind Michigan. It makes no sense. For fun. Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter yet. For fun. At the end of the year, that's when you get mad at the rankings. But uh, Michigan State at number four, Ohio State, Ohio State is minus 19 here. Yeah. And I like Ohio State. I think Ohio State, like I've I've talked about this game actually a lot this week, weirdly, um, with Matt and Justin. And I think Ohio State has a ton of weapons on offense. They've played, you know, better as the season's gone on. Like C.J. Stroud has a good shot at winning the Heisman if Bryce Young and Alabama don't beat Georgia. Because he's going to put up crazy stats. And he's probably, if they went out, like, he'll have signature wins too. Like, he'll have signature wins against, like, Michigan State, Michigan, and Wisconsin, who has a really good defense in the SEC title game. And I don't know. I, I like Ohio State here. I like how they're playing. I, I and they got better. They got better players. Yeah, they hundred percent have better players. I know Kenneth Walker is clearly a weapon that has to be reckoned with, but I don't think Michigan State has a quarterback. And I think against a team like Ohio State, you're going to struggle to be one dimensional and be successful. Now, 19 points is a lot of points. Um, and against a team like Ohio, Michigan State, where if they can get Kenneth Walker going, they are going to slow the game down and really grind it, grind it down. Maybe shorten the game up. Nineteen points is a lot of points. I know Matt was telling me that's his pick of the week, Michigan State to cover, and I I understand. But it, I struggle. Like my gut tells me to go with Ohio State, and I struggle to go against that. So I'm also going to take Ohio State. Giving all laying the lumber here, but uh, yeah, they just got more dudes. I think, especially after that Purdue game, I just can't trust Michigan State against a way more talented team, yeah. And and also, like, if Ohio State gets out to an early lead, like that takes away Kenneth Walker, yeah. Like, you can't run the ball if you're down three touchdowns, yeah. You know, it's especially against like Ohio State, like, they're gonna keep scoring. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. I, I just think the path to victory for Ohio State is is there. Like they're at home. Yeah, they're just not built to come from behind. No. And uh, you know, I think with that being said, uh, if they do get behind and their quarterback starts have to having to make throws at Ohio State, you know, this isn't in Lansing um, or East Lansing. Excuse me. I don't. I don't think they have the horses to to keep up. So I'm with you there. Um. Next game is probably the one I had the most trouble with. I really struggled with it, pal. Um, number three, Oregon at number 23, Utah. And Utah is actually favored 
by three in this one. And and I thought it was interesting. Utah's undefeated at home and they've beaten everybody by double digits. Granted, they have not played a team like Oregon, but Oregon lost at Stanford, right? They did and, I, and I understand that they didn't have their offensive coordinator. Like, I understand that. But Oregon has not looked sharp in Pac-12 play. Like, I know they went in and beat Ohio State. I think Ohio State was trying to figure themselves out. And I think Ohio State's a different team right now. Um, I'm going to go Utah here. Uh, you, yeah, you talked about this pre-pod. And it's a tough one for me. You can kind of extrapolate a lot. And I think Utah has really performed well at home. And their losses have all been away from home. They've struggled in those. Uh, and I think uh, it's a very difficult one being at Utah, and I know that crowd's going to be up for it. They're it's going to be, be rocking, dude. They're going to be drinking. That's a They're cool... flavored soda pops. Yeah, I was about to say, they're not going to be drinking. What are you talking about? No, they got those. <laughs> have you seen those soda shops that they have? What? They have. So it's like a huge thing in Utah because they can't drink alcohol or smoke or whatever. So they only drink soda, and they have soda shops all over the state like they're McDonald's. So alcohol is illegal? It's not illegal, but Mormons can't drink. And that's like 90% of the state. That's a lot of the state, yeah. So they have these soda shops on like every corner, and all they do is they, they make soda, and then they put like uh, like coconut syrups in them. And they'll like make like mixed sodas. What the hell? Yeah. So, that's um, bizarre. It's a huge thing in Utah. It's, it's a fascinating, fascinating rabbit hole that uh, my girlfriend sent me down one day. 62% of the state is Mormon. That is crazy. That's so many 62%. Mormons. 62%. That's a lot, dude. That's a whole bunch. The, that number is inching down. This was in 2018. It's inching down as the state's healthy job market attracts non-Mormon newcomers. I would. Utah seems lovely. I'll be in Utah. In about a week's time. It seems chill, but I'm not a Mormon. I'll be South Utah at Zion National Park, so I'll let you know what the vibes are like. That's dope, dude. (laughs) Uh, You gonna be? You gonna meet some Mormons and hang out with them? I don't know if Mormons camp. Do Mormons camp? I met a. I don't know. I I met full blown Mormon sidebar. I was coming back. (laughs) I was coming back. I have a crazy story. So it's not that crazy. I was coming back from a game, walking back to the apartment in Tuscaloosa, Uh and this guy walked up to me and he like starts talking to me, and then he like starts telling me his testimony, and he was a Mormon, and he was trying to convert me, like, to the Mormon faith, and I was like, that's crazy, man. Like. (laughs) It's crazy in the sense not like that you're a Mormon, but it's like I've I had never met a Mormon in Alabama, and it's just random that I met one walking home drunk from an Alabama football. I was game. unaware they were in Alabama, much less Tuscaloosa. And yeah, like, yeah, you're you're like you're hammered in Tuscaloosa, and like you literally hit him with the damn. That's crazy. Yeah, I was like, dude, what? Like that is that is wild. You know what I'm saying? Dude, I'm on another level right now. That's amazing. So, anyways, they'll be hyped up on their soda pops. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Give me. Take but me. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Oregon. I think. I think Mario Cristobal's really got it rolling there. Um, I really like what Anthony Brown's been doing. I think he's been pretty good this season uh, in spots. And I think Kayvon Thibodeau, game changer, a guy who can wreak havoc. Is he? Uh, is he still banged up? He's playing. The last I watched him, he was playing and dominating. I mean, he was dominating against Wazoo, but. He was I mean, he dominating. He's a beast. So, yeah, I'm going to go Oregon. I'm just going to bet on the Kayvon Thibodeau factor. All right. Uh, and All right. just keep rolling with that. We're not mad at it. No, um, I'll, 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 I can live with that. Next game, I actually picked. This is uh, Iowa State at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's four-point favorite here. I'm actually going to go with Oklahoma, and I say that because, like, sometimes it takes a loss to get you to kind of focus in and be like, what the hell are we doing here? And Iowa State is not very explosive at all on offense, and I think that plays into Oklahoma's hands. Like, Oklahoma has two fake number one overall picks at quarterback, but, I mean, they're significantly more talented than Ohio State. Four points seems – Iowa State. Four points seems easy to me for Oklahoma here. Four points seems like a trap door that Vegas is set. I think it seems easy, dude. Give me the points. I'm a sucker. I'm an idiot. <laughs> give me the. Give me it. Give You're me giving it. points. Yeah. What do you mean? Give me the points. Whatever. Take I them. guess I know what you mean. Take them. Take them. Take those points. I don't need them. Um. Okay. So. 
It has been a very interesting season for Oklahoma. They have struggled. Interesting isn't bad. They suck. They're they've not struggled. That great. No, they've struggled on like every front. I mean, Iowa State has too. They just lost to Texas Tech on a sixty-yard field goal. Um, but like Oklahoma, they they don't have a quarterback. They have two talented quarterbacks that. Well, I say talented. They, neither of them have lived highly the rated world delight. Highly rated. That's what I should have said. And Iowa State has a team with, in my opinion, a good amount of talent that hasn't put it together for whatever reason. I still, you know, think Brees Hall is in an elite running back. And I think they have a lot of experience on the offensive line, but for whatever reason, that hasn't come together. So my heart's telling me go Oklahoma, but my head's saying forget Oklahoma. What's they screwed you last you? week. What's your body telling you? Go Iowa State. <laughs> so I'm going back to Ames, Taylor. Oh. Even though I feel like this is a mistake, I feel like this is an easy one. I just I can't I can't take Oklahoma. They've given me nothing this season. And then last week when I said, you know what, forget that, go with the talent, they screwed me. They did. So and they didn't just screw me by like losing by you know like only winning by three when they were favored by five and a half. They got housed. Yeah. Friggin' housed. So I'm going to go Iowa State. I'm going to take Iowa State at Oklahoma. Did you love or hate the field goal at the end of the game last week? Uh, I missed it, but I listened, I heard about it later, and I loved that. And I also loved what Dave Aranda <laughs> said after the, at the post game, where he was just like, yeah, points differential. Like, it's like a soccer tournament, like where it's like ball <laughs> differential. Like, like, everybody knew that that was a thing. I had like no you idea. you got to keep the field goal there, bro. What do you mean? I had no idea that was a thing in the Big 12. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's a point differential. That's a thing, right? Like, I was amazing. Like, what? Uh, amazing. Yeah, I loved it. Um, next game, super interesting to me because Auburn screwed me last week, but I've Screw never been. Both, pal. I've never been so happy to be like wrong on a pick. Mm-hmm. Auburn is a seven and a half point favorite at uh, South Carolina, and I really like South Carolina here, and I say that because. Like, I think Auburn's offense is going to struggle with T.J. Finley. Like, he has not gotten a ton of reps, like, with the ones this year, really. Like, let's be honest. Like, and not only is Auburn without their starting quarterback, they're without their kicker. Like, so so not only, so not only, like, let's, let's, let's look at a hypothetical here. Like, you're not moving the ball as efficiently. Obviously, like you expect to not be as efficient with TJ Finley as you were with Bo Nix. Like, that's why, you know, TJ Finley's not starting and Bo Nix was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and now, like, you don't have your kicker who makes up for some of that, right? So that forces you to, to change what you do on offense. It changes you, it forces you to change, like, how you approach, like, third and fourth downs. Like, I think not having a kicker is a way bigger deal than most people want to make it. And I think, especially going into South Carolina, like, they're going to be pretty jacked up. Like, they beat, you know, Florida. Like, they're going to be like, why can't we beat Auburn? And that'd be a huge win for them this year, I think. Yeah, it, I, it would definitely be a huge win for South Carolina. they kind of been on a roll this season in terms of, I mean, just competing. Like, I didn't – I don't think anybody saw them as a team – that would compete with anybody of kind of above their tax bracket, right. if you will. Right. Like they're not gonna like like we said like this year that Ole Miss would beat a team that maybe they shouldn't. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And nobody was saying that about South Carolina. Right. So I mean, fair play to South Carolina. Um, I will say, and I just I just googled this for for posterity's sake. Uh, their rush defense is ninety first in the country. That shit is bad. And uh, that's really bad. And I understand that TJ Finley is not good. But Tank Bigsby. I mean, Tank Bigsby's a beast. I'm doing it. I'm I'm betting on Tank Bigsby. This is probably dumb. I'm not betting on Auburn, though. I'm betting on Tank Bigsby. Um, Not a bad bet, honestly. Listen, I I mean, and like, look, I, I didn't even know South Carolina beat Florida. Like, I was literally had SEC Network on TV. While I was working one day, and I texted you and said, "Oh, did South Carolina actually beat Florida?" And then I realized they I, they housed them. I mean, they didn't beat them; they beat their ass. Right. So you know, 
but if you, I don't know, it's just one of those games where you look at them, who they've, who else they've played, and like they lost to Missouri last week, man. And Missouri's been a disaster. So I'm gonna go with Auburn. I'm gonna go with Tank Bigsby to take over and just absolutely goof on South Carolina. And if Auburn screws me again, well, I wouldn't be shocked. It's it's classic Auburn. Love that. Um, so. I'll happily yeah. be well. No, I won't happily. I'll madly be wrong here. Madly but, be wrong. Whatever. Uh, next game. Another kind of weird one to pick. Uh, this is one. This is the Jekyll and Hyde I was I was referring to. Yes. Like Clemson's been Hyde all year. Like, they've just been Hyde. They've just been like pretty bad all year. I just, I just. They're four and a half point favorites against Wake Forest and. I mean, it's in the, the the Great Value Death Valley. The other Death uh, Valley. Yes, yes. It's in Great Value Death Valley. Um, Clemson, you know, four-and-a-half-point favorites. I think – I don't know, man. I think I'm going to take uh, Wake Forest here. I, 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 I was thinking about taking Clemson. But you were. Wake – I mean, Wake has a good offense. I like their quarterback, Sam Hartman. He's got a great story. I like him. Clemson has a lot of issues defensively now because of the injuries. And the offense, like, okay, they scored, but uh, against UConn, that was their best offensive output of the year. And, I mean, they scored 42 points, but, I mean, it was against UConn. Like, they're literally one of the worst teams. I mean, they're literally the worst team. In in college football. In college football. Worst program. Yeah. And, so and, it's been decided. So I, you know, I think I'm going to take Wake Forest here. Yeah, I I was kind of hoping you'd take Clemson because I thought that was a sucker, but I really like Wake Forest here. They're getting points against a terrible Clemson team. This crowd is going to have nothing to get up for. It's a new. It's the early kickoff. I love that. I love that for Wake Forest. I mean, because yeah. Wake Forest is going to be like, hell yeah, we're gas. This is our chance to take down the big guys, and Clemson's like. Damn, we got to play an 11 a.m. game like against these team against this team. that's like st- they still probably think they're trash. Let's be honest. I mean, they yeah. I, even last week they scored 44 points. DJU, I'm I'm just gonna you know, it was only 21 of 44 for 241 t- yards in one touchdown. God, against UConn, bro. Against UConn, like it wasn't even like they lit the hey. world alight numbers wise. So, Amazing. I mean, even there, it's just not that impressive. Their offense has been mediocre. They're probably going to miss out on an ACC championship game. Hate it for them. Again, just nothing to play for. I got I got Wake Forest, and this Wake Forest team still has stuff to play. They've only lost once this season. If Wake Forest is 12-1 and and they win the ACC championship, like, they'll obviously need a little bit of chaos. They need some real chaos, yeah. But. I mean, like, they'll obviously need chaos, but... They'll also, like, be a one-loss Power 5, like, champion, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's a hell of an accomplishment for Wake Forest. Like Wake Forest, it doesn't happen very often. And, they're, again... It literally doesn't happen. It's still at the top of the, uh, of the Atlantic division. They'd have to lose twice, including this game to Clemson. To, uh, and then Clemson would have to win out. So they're almost assuredly going to the ACC championship game. Amazing. Um, so yeah, they so much to play for. Yeah, give me give me Wake Forest and the points. And there's a hook. It's four and a half. The, the game doesn't make any sense. Again, it's one of those. Does Vegas know more than me? I don't think so. Vegas, a bunch of morons. Noted morons. Uh, Vegas insiders. <laughs> the last game and the one that everyone comes to this podcast for. Uh, Arkansas at number two. Number two, Alabama. It's you, us, still on number two. You people that think we suck, we're number two. That's not too bad. Um, pretty solid year the Tide have put together, albeit a little inconsistent. 21-point uh, favorites at home against Arkansas, who does not have Jalen Catalan, and I think that is a huge deal because yep. I think he's one of the best defensive players in the SEC and you got to have that guy if you're Arkansas. They don't. He's been out for a while. And I think Alabama covers this at home. I think the environment will be good. I expect it to be pretty good. Um, it has been the last few games. And I think people are starting to understand that Nick Saban, like, you know, 
he's not softened, but it doesn't do you any good to beat this team into the ground, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think he understands that last year Alabama had literally the best offense, and, and don't talk to me about 2019 LSU because I'm not going to hear it. Uh, don't do it, you know. Please don't do it. Alabama won every major award on offense last year except for the Mackey. Like, LSU didn't do that, and I don't want to hear it. But anyway, off that soapbox, Alabama literally couldn't be better than they were last year. And they're still – they've got everything in front of them that they wanted at the start of the season. I think this team, you know, outside of the LSU game, has played really well since they, you know, lost to A&M. And I think they have something to prove here. The defense is playing better. I don't think Arkansas is going to be able to score a lot. And, you know, I like Alabama here, and I like Will Anderson to have two more sacks. Yeah, that's probably fair. I think I I like Alabama too. I'm just going to go ahead and take uh, the big spread and just take it on the chin. I think – Arkansas leans heavily on the run game. Alabama has the fourth best rushing defense in the country. Like y'all want to sit here and bitch about defense, and I also bitch Listen, about defense. Taylor I, did it a lot at the Tennessee game. It was it was I, a, to a point that annoyed me. I bitch about a lot of stuff on our team, but also like I can step away and also be like, actually, well, this, this, and this. You yeah. know, like I can I can be rational outside of like being in the moment. I mean, as a fan, like. Defensively, they've had like a couple bad games, but other than that, they've been like pretty good. Like yards per rush, I mean, two point six, and like I said, fourth best rushing defense in America, right behind Georgia with eighty three yards per game allowed. Georgia has seventy eight yards per game allowed. Like you know, right there in terms of rushing defense. And I think once you cut that head off the snake of Arkansas. Um, I don't think they quite have the quarterback play uh, or the, you know, kind of the, what's the, Traylon Burks. I have Traylon Burks. Like, he's a beast. He's like, a beast, but he if is he's maybe the, the guy. Best, he's maybe the best receiver in the SEC. I mean, you just, I think he is. No, yeah, definitely. But that's all okay. they have. But right, so then you, you kind of, you just kind of try to bracket him, just cover him, put him to one side of the field, take him out of the game, and then make them throw to um, anybody else on you know just make them throw to literally anybody else um, and take the run game away and I think that makes this kind of a game where Arkansas is going to struggle to keep uh, keep pace so right. I'm going to go with Bama I think uh, the crowd's going to be up for it what time is kickoff two thirty two CBS oh, boy I think I'm going to miss like at least the first half damn son sucks. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, yeah. Give me, give me Bama. Lay the lumber. I, I kind of see Alabama, uh, Arkansas going like Georgia, Arkansas did in the sense that like Alabama has athletes all over the field mm-hmm. and like Alabama makes some mental mistakes, but they don't make physical mistakes most of the time. I mean, like, like Arkansas is not gonna just whoop Alabama up front. I don't think, and. Like, the depth is there. I I just – I really need no injuries out of this game. And, obviously, if Alabama wins, they clinch the the SEC West, which I think is, you know, a huge accomplishment. Like, everybody doesn't – I just feel like Saban has kind of made us numb to how many times we've made and won the SEC championship. Especially in a season you could probably consider the worst – season the worst team in like a decade this is a down year for alabama and they're going to win the west right like like, pretty good yeah the the best players on the team are sophomores and they're going to the sec championship if they win this game like that's huge and um i'm not being soft i'm not like moving the goalpost here so i don't want to hear your bullshit there people i don't you hear people i don't want to hear it but I mean, you got to have some perspective here. Like, literally, people don't – the only team to repeat in the last 20 years is Alabama. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't repeat. And Alabama still has a chance to repeat in November. Like, enjoy it and, like, put some emotion into it. And if they lose, they lose. But I, I just – I don't know. I've been kind of annoyed with the expectations the of people. You're yeah. annoyed in the stands? Yeah, I've been annoyed. Like, I've, I've been lucky enough to go to a lot of games this year. Yeah. 
And I just and like you heard it too, mm-hmm. and it's been like that every single game. It's like, annoying. I always sit next to somebody that is just ungratefully bitching, right. and it's frustrating. And it's about things that are just irrational, like Bryce can't make the throws. Like yes, he can. Like he's he's literally putting together one of the best statistical seasons in Alabama football history. Yeah. And it, it it's like people think he sucks, and it just baffles me. I'm like, the dude has three interceptions all year. They're, they're, uh, like, three all year. Yeah. And people are like, he sucks. He can't make throws. He's indecisive. Like, no. Like, we're, we just don't have six first-round draft picks yeah. on offense. That's yeah. all. That's I mean, all. He's by no means perfect. He's like, he's beat. I think he holds on the ball a little too long. Like sure. A, but... There's Again. a lot of shit that goes into that too. Yeah. Is, is the line blocking? Yes. Are the receivers open? Yeah. Like, is he, is he making the life? decisions? Like, yeah. what? Like, there's so much that happens. Like, I, I was listening to, and I don't want to get off on a tangent, but I was watching the Manning cast, uh-huh. yeah. and Peyton Manning went into detail about all the stuff that you have to look at pre-snap, mm-hmm. and all that you know kind of changes if if they change the defense when you snap the ball, and it's like you have to you have to figure out all the shit in like two seconds yeah there's all i mean look especially for his first season really getting minutes serious serious minutes uh in the sec um he's done an incredible job he's had uh, trouble with his offensive line a lot of the season and yeah. i think he's i've had trouble that. with the offensive line this season man <laughs> i that like the, the one thing that I've just been insufferable about is the O line because this has been really really bad. It is inarguably bad. Like I yeah. mean, this is the worst O line that Saban's had, I think. But yeah. one thing that I'm I'm also looking forward to maybe mm-hmm. is maybe Alabama actually changes something on the offensive line after last week. And I know that it was just New Mexico State, but Saban said he thought they played well, and. I think that Damian George might be a more formidable option at right tackle than Chris Owens. I mean, I don't think that's a hot take necessarily. Probably and if you and if and if Chris Owens played the last two games last year at center, mm-hmm. you can win big games with him at center. Yeah. So we'll see. That'll be something to watch. That's something that me personally, I'm be looking at. Yeah, I think that's that's totally fair. I think that switch keeping guys from bum rushing Bryce off the edge and, and moving him out of the pocket early. Will be uh, would be a huge improvement. So, anyways, I think that should wrap it up. It's late here. We have had our glasses of bourbon, a couple, a couple, and it is. Uh, it, I believe it's bedtime. So, to wrap all this up, I just want to remind you guys one more time: if you like the podcast, please subscribe to the podcast, and please leave us a five star rating on iTunes. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, Taylor, do you have anything else to add other than don't don't go on a tangent about the message boards, please? We don't have time. No, I'm I'm, I'm currently on the message boards just laughing at them because uh, I listen to the Cover Three podcast and it's actually made me like Danny Cannell. And Which people is are, people are getting mad at Danny Cannell on the <laughs> people are getting mad at Danny Cannell on the message board. And I just think it's kind of funny. Oh my god! Um, but Bama hoops, uh, another win. Yes, we um, will have to discuss Bama hoops sometime next week. We did not have time today. Yeah, we'll have we'll have an extended Bama hoops segment next week, and we'll have a couple games under our belt. Yeah, and, and I think I think if we continue to do like a couple games at a time for Bama hoops, that'll be. Be the best kind of yeah. course of action. I think that will be the best way to split up, especially during football season. It's a pretty busy, busy part of the year. So um, if you guys have something you would love us to talk about, please tweet at us at NotSoExperts. Or leave it in the review. Or leave it in the review. You can also leave it in the review. That's a great use of a review, I think. Um, and we could even add a segment like the Duds and Studs, which we will be bringing back when we don't have another segment like today. So, um, yeah, be, feel free to leave any suggestions in the reviews as well. We will read them, uh, and we appreciate that. So, um, yeah, other than that, go Bama Hoops. And thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, roll time. Roll time. Rolling down a backwoods, Tennessee byway. One arm on the wheel. Holding my lover. With the other 
a sweet soft southern thrill worked hard all week got a little jingle on a tennessee saturday night couldn't feel better i'm together with my dixieland delight spend my dollar park in a holler needs a mountain moonlight hold her up tight make a little loving a little turn it up and on a mason dixon night it's my life oh so right my day